Thank you to everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle thus far and has made it such a huge success. Crazy to think we're nearing the end of season two. In addition, thank you for all the kind words and support of the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. I hope it can continue to be beneficial as you push to be elite. General Sports Worldwide has continued to pick up steam in both the search and recruiting space, as well as the overall consulting space, which consists of sales and leadership training. We are only continuing to grow as we've just acquired the Clubhouse, an industry-leading job board, mentorship platform, mental health platform, and an extensive training portal. Please let us know if we can ever be of assistance and be sure to fill out a profile on the Clubhouse. Be sure to follow on 52weeksofhustle.com as well as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. What I have always loved about hosting 52 Weeks of Hustle is that the guests are always willing to give back. Our next guest took her experience in this industry and turned it into a business and a career as she's helping high-achieving women see their full potential. I'm excited to have our next guest, Jahan Blake, an industry-leading career coach and consultant. Jahan, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Jahan, what a career journey you've had, and I'm very excited to hear all of your advice. In your career, you've worked for three Major League Baseball teams, and certainly some of the bigger ones out there in the Boston Red Sox, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Chicago Cubs. And so going through that, and we'll certainly hit on that career path, but when did it hit you to start your own company in your career coach and consultant industry? You know, I always, I've always wanted to start my own business. I didn't just, I didn't always have the I'll call it courage to go out on my own. I just was like, oh, I need more experience. I need more experience. Now, looking back, I can say I didn't have the courage. Um, then I was, I really truly believed I needed more experience, needed more experience. And so, and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Um, love running events. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to start my own event and business. And I would just explore what that would look like and then get caught up, right? You're working for Red Sox, Dodgers, you know, Cubs, like, do you want to leave these big brands to go out on your own and become a brand? Um, and it wasn't until I kept you know, moving from team to team. Uh, I met my husband here in Chicago and I kind of, I like, just like, I don't, I don't feel like moving again. I don't feel like yeah. going to another team. I remember my boss, he was Wally. He hired me. So he used to be the CMO at the Cubs. And one weekend he's like, Oh, where are you traveling to this week? And I'm like, Oh, I'm not going anywhere. And he goes, who'd you meet? <laughs> there's like, a reason yeah, you're staying put yes yeah exactly because i always you know flying off to see my friends in different cities and i was like oh i'm just gonna hang out this weekend he's like huh that's that's not like you and so i just kind of you know just wanted to be around my husband and i just felt this urge to settle down and um not move again and so that was the point when i said i think it's time to start my own business um i've really perfected this customer experience thing after being you know going to three different teams i really feel like i can do this and take it to other organizations um get paid more and get in and out and um you know do the work and then go on to another project and that was when i finally said i'm going to take that leap of faith um 
and just, and finally do it. And then that was the consulting side. And then the coaching side came later. I always, I didn't, I always, I love helping people. It's just natural to me. And it was that point where, you know, I was sitting in a boardroom and um, with my clients and baseball team. I remember being so excited. Like I'm here, like got the president's ear. I have this, you know, senior VP's ear and I'm, I'm helping them. I'm influencing them, but I was still, it wasn't it. I was bored. Like, and, and, you know, I, I was happy with the work, but I was also, it just didn't fuel me. And so I just, that's when I was like, I miss, I'm going to start my coaching business. I was like, I need to have both sides of this um, in order to feel whole. You know, and under the lines of the, the coaching business, you certainly have the desire to give back and help high achieving women create the career they've always dreamed of, of having in the sports industry, you know, as you are that career coach and consultant. And so walk us through a little bit about that business and like, who is your ideal you know, client or partner within that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's so working, working period is, is difficult when you're ambitious and you have these big dreams and um, working in sports is even harder because it's so competitive. And then when you just focus on women in sports, it's just this whole different community and a community that's traditionally marginalized right? Traditionally marginalized, depending on where you are. But it it just, for me, I was like, you know, I just want to help women who are in that middle management, who almost end up quitting because they're like, this isn't worth it anymore. I can't get to the level I want to be at. I I don't, I don't want to move. Right. I I'm unique in the sense that I love, I love moving around. Um, Not everyone wants to do that. And so, and they, sometimes they just kind of give up because it's not worth it. And I, I want to, I want to help them in that middle management level before they, they give up. I know there's opportunity for them. Sometimes it's just being able to figure out how to use your voice. Sometimes it's being able to, you know, advocate for yourself um, and feel comfortable doing so. Women, generally speaking, don't always feel comfortable advocating for themselves. Men have an easier time doing it. Yeah. And so helping women, you know, use that voice, use their voice, advocate for themselves, learn how to speak truth to power uh, and not have the, that feeling of I'm just, I'm, I'm ruining relationships by speaking up. Right. And that's something that naturally that a lot of women do. So I like to help that middle level, that middle management level get to the next level. No, absolutely. And you know, to that point, John, you know, in this business, there's certainly many times people may feel stuck, they're frustrated, they're defeated. And so what's your advice to keep them pushing to get the, what they really want out of their career? You know, I mean, it's the right question. And so I'll give you like the, the cliff notes, right? Because it's so hard <laughs> to answer that question. But right. it's I, I would say the first thing is understanding what you what you want, getting clear on what matters most to you. Because it's so easy to get caught up in the different narratives that are going around and like just in you know society or the social media world, right? It's so easy to get caught up in that. It's so easy to get caught up in comparing yourself to others. Well, I should be like her because she's my age or I should be like her because she's younger and I haven't accomplished that much yet. Well, wait, pause. What do you want? What do you want to do? What's important to you? And having that focus and prioritizing and setting boundaries and being able to set goals according to what you want is the most important thing. And then you can go from there. When you start to focus and invest time in yourself instead of everything on the outside, that's going to help you get to where you need to be. Um, it'll help you get there, you know, 
faster. Absolutely. And, and to your point, I mean, we could have talked about it for hours. Uh, so definitely, I appreciate the yeah. version. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, many times, and, and I, I can certainly speak on this as, as well as a real life testimonial. It's not something that individuals and in that we can just figure out on our own, which needs, you know, in, which brings the need of, of probably a combination of a coach, a mentor, somebody else that can provide information with inside knowledge. And so as you think about mentorship, why do you think it is valuable for individuals to gain mentors early on in their career? Oof. You know, you shouldn't, we shouldn't go at this alone. We're not designed to you. We're, you know, um, hardwired for connection. Like we should not go at it alone and you just need outside perspective. And I think it's great to have mentors within your organization, but I think it's even, it's really smart to have people who are outside of your organization who have your best interest in mind. Yeah. So like your organization is going to support you, but at the end of the day, the end of the day, it's about that organization. And sometimes they have to make hard decisions that may impact you negatively. And it's not personal. It's, it, it's business. I hate that, but it's true, right? So that happens. So at the end of the day, having a mentor that's outside of your organization, having a coach, um, having somebody that you talk to, so you don't have to go at this alone, is one of the smartest things um, you can do. And I love that advice too. It's not only just having an outside organization mentor, but it's okay to have multiple mentors. You know, it's yes. okay to yes. learn from multiple people and get more valuable feedback. And so John, I, I certainly don't want to give all your advice, you know, because it's part of your business, but what would you say is the main area of growth that you see in up and coming women in this industry? Hands down is using their, using their voice for sure. And there's a lot behind that, right? So like that just bubbles up to the top, but it's really being able to manage their mindset being able to control the narrative that's going on in their head. So what's the story that they're telling themselves, right? Um, a lot of times, and this is, this is at every single level, like just doing my podcast, I hear so many executives talking about how, like, I really made up that story. <laughs> like, there was no wish. Like I made up that story in my head. I yep. was fearful of asking for what I wanted because I thought this is how my manager was going to react. And when in reality, we had the best conversation once I had the courage to use my voice and bring up what I want. So it's that it's getting organized, getting the what's swirling around in your head. I swear I say this on every coaching call that I have. Let's, okay, get it all out. What's swirling yeah. around in your head? They get that out and then we make sense of it together. It's like literally my, I just got the chills. It's like my favorite session is the first session is just getting that all out yep. and then like having a roadmap to go after and get what you want. So I think that's the biggest growth is just everyone getting that courage to go ask for what they want, know how to say it and know how to say it in an impactful way that it's going to get them the results that they want. Well, like many of us, you know, you've probably learned sometimes the hard way uh, on that to get to where you're at. And we're certainly going to dive into your illustrious career. And as you think back and starting out in this business, what is one thing you wish you would have known then that you know now? Now, when you say starting out in this business, you mean my own business or just the sports industry? I in think general? the sports industry in general. Mm, you know, gosh, that is a hard question, right? And depending on the time of year, what I'm going through in my life, it depends on the answer. Yep. I would say, 
I would say for me, and this is something that I've been, I've been talking a lot about lately is just the, the conforming to what I believe to see, right. Is the right way, um, to be and act and, you know, and to show up that wasn't, I, I wish I, I didn't conform, but part of me, it's part of my journey, right? And it's part of who makes me who I am now. So it's hard to say, like, I wish that didn't happen. But like, I, if I had to go back and be like, hey, you, you don't have to be like that. Like, <laughs> right. just because this person is, you know, portrayed in a certain light, looks a certain way, dresses a certain way, you know, just because talks a certain way, those are all the people who are getting promoted that's okay. Like, cause yep. when you try to conform to that, when you try to be like them, you are no longer yourself. And as a result, you're not truly happy and you're not doing your best work. And so I waste, I think I wasted a lot of energy on trying to conform where I'm just like, now I don't, I don't want to say I don't care, but I don't care. Like yep. I just, yep. this is me. Take it as, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean if you want to, here's my knowledge. And if you don't like that, I have, you know, braids and I'm wearing, you know, a bright pink blazer and, you know, sneakers, like, well, right. that, this is me. Like, Here it is. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is what you're getting. <laughs> and I think even from a 30,000 feet view, you know, something that we've always tried to teach, you know, young people is like any, if you're given a script in sales or if you're given a guideline or blueprint, like, how do you internalize that and make it your own? You don't have to conform completely to everything we're doing, but how do you internalize it and truly make it your own to help you become the most elite professional that you can be? Yes. I see. I love that. And I love, um, that's something I tried to do as a manager was just, Hey, you do you like, here yeah. are the, like, here's the framework you need to be within, but however you get there is fine with me. However you show up is fine with me. Like I just, I don't want to be so prescriptive or I just wanted to encourage, right. Because I'm, you know, I'm leading this team and whatever I say, like, however I show up speaks volumes, like the things I don't say speaks volumes. So I just wanted to do that same thing for my teams, no matter what, where I was coaching because, or where I was working, because I, I know how much it like meant to me or how much it impacted me almost in a negative way. When I, when nobody was encouraging that behavior, everybody, it was all unspoken here's who gets promotions, here's who gets raises, right? Here's who gets responsibility. So like, you're like, okay, that's what you have to do. And so I made it a point to just kind of stop that. Yeah. Really when I got to the Cubs. Yeah. That's when I really just kind of stepped into my own. I was like, no, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. This is now gone. That's awesome. Well, (laughs) we appreciate that. And and for those listeners out there that want to take advantage of your services and at least have that initial conversation, what should they do and expect? Uh, You know, it's really easy. Like, it's the expectations to be, let's just have a conversation. Uh, for me, I value connection and I want to talk to you, get to know you and see if it's the right fit. And I have had um, conversations with folks where I'm like, you know, I don't see where I can, you know, I can help you or um, I see where I can help you, but I think you might be a better fit for this program that someone else I know runs. And um, it's more of just seeing if it's the right fit. And if I can help you, then we move forward. And that is, again, I told you my favorite part is that first session where we take everything that's swirling in your head, we get it on paper and we put a strategy together and literally we're both like fired up to like, you know, move forward. Right. Well, 
John, you're certainly very active in social media on LinkedIn and Instagram and, and your, your own website. So for those listeners out there, please, please reach out. I know she's always willing to give back. And, you know, in addition to being that career coach in general, you're always giving back, not only being on this 52 weeks of hustle podcast, but you also host the game of her own podcast, which highlights the inspiring journey of very influential woman working in the sports and entertainment industry. And so can you give the listeners just a, a brief elevator pitch of your podcast? Oh, an elevator pitch. <laughs> Man, I feel like now I'm the client. Like I do this to my clients all the time. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I'm really bad at elevator pitches because I like to tell stories. However, I will say quickly, the podcast is just the most, it's so inspiring because women who are, you know, directors and above is usually who I interview. They tell stories of how they got to where they are, but they share with us mistakes they made, failures they made, getting fired, laid off when they're pregnant, but they still make it. And they talk about how they make it. So it's just not surface level. I get, I try to ask without being intrusive as many questions as I can to help the listeners learn. And what I found is that I've learned from it as well. I feel the same way. You know, every, every guest I, you know, I appreciate them being willing to give back to all of our listeners, but it's just as much as, as I enjoy having these conversations, there's always tidbits you can take away. And, you know, uh-huh. going back to kind of career path, John, similar to you, it took me some time in this business, you know, to finally realize and actually go out of my comfort zone and, and start a company. What is your advice to listeners on if they're thinking now or in one day in the future, they want to start their own business? Do it is the first thing. (laughs) Just when you feel it's right, do it. Make sure you're um, honest with yourself about why you're not um, going after it. And I would say, and this is really me, you know, my story is not everyone else's story, but I will hit this one point is that careful of the people you take advice from, um, you know, as you're trying to launch it, because a lot of times they're what they're the advice they're giving you is them projecting their own like fears on to you. And so it, you know, it happens. And what happens is that advice that it almost validates your fears as well. So you listen because you feel like, oh yes, I connected with what they said so much, but take advice, listen to them, ask questions as to why they're telling you this advice and then take a minute take a couple of days, let it sit. And then you'll know if it's right or not. And I know that sounds very, very like hokey, but it's something that you gotta do is you gotta make sure you gotta be careful as to who you receive advice from. And I'm, I'm talking family members, close friends, like just be careful because starting your own business is scary and people are going to worry for, for you and your future. What if it doesn't work out? Well, you know what, what if you're at a job and you get fired? Like it, it doesn't like it, it, to me, it's the, the same thing. So just be careful on the advice that you take. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Jahan Blake, an industry leader, career coach, and consultant. And so, Jahan, as you're growing up, you're an athlete. You go on to play soccer at American International College. And so what were some key learnings playing collegiate soccer you still apply to your everyday? You know, soccer was so much fun. <laughs> I had I had fun. I also was super anxious because I, like, um, I forget the the term, like the technical term for it, but like, it was, I'm like, I'm just by nature an anxious person. Yeah. Um, I've now much later in life have finally figured out how to manage that. But I would say um, for me, it's, it was just that, like for me, when I stepped out onto the field, I was nervous until they blew the whistle. And then it was like, a whole nother person would take over. And I like, there was no such thing as nerves anymore. Like I just loved playing the game. I had to push myself to keep playing. Um, yeah. And so, cause like when I was in, you know, middle school, I quit track cause I, I literally could not, I could not <laughs> take that anxiety and I didn't know what it was. There was no words around it. And I think if I had someone to talk to about it or if I expressed myself to my parents or something, I probably would have worked around it. But for soccer, I loved it so much. I couldn't let that go. So I would push through it. And I think that's something I've taken through to just throughout my career is, okay, you have this thing, you have this thing. I finally named it anxiety. Like when I, you know, was in my twenties, but it's like, okay, you have to push through because as soon as the whistle blows you like, and you're playing, it all goes out the door. As soon as I get on the stage to talk, you know, this week past weekend, I was at a summit. The second the summit started or second I was on stage, I, there was no such things as nerves. Like I was in my element and just doing my thing. So that's, I would say the one thing um, that carried through for sure. Absolutely. Well, you go on to receive a degree in marketing. You also end up getting your master's in integrated marketing communications from Emerson college. And you, that's going back to your start of your career. You start as a part-time employee with the Red Sox and you had to literally advocate for yourself to become full-time. How was that experience for you? Oh, it's so awkward. I didn't want to do it. Like, I just, you know, it's there like that. I'm like, at that point, I'm like, gosh, I wonder what would have happened if I started my career, like at a Deloitte because they had such structure. Um, and there was no structure when it came to, you know, getting to that next level at the Red Sox. So it was awkward. And it was a lot of, you know, conversations with, uh, my mother who is so brilliant and, her pushing me and me really not listening to her, but just maybe like a teeny bit. I really <laughs> wish I listened to her all the way. Um, but uh, what ended up happening was I finally, you know, I wanted to be there full time. And so I had to keep talking to my boss, but there was no positions in our department other than her that was full time. Um, so I had to keep, you know, she kept telling me, why don't you look in different departments? Why don't you look in marketing? Well, I don't want to work in marketing. I don't want, I, that, Fan experience is where I want to be. I feel like I'm whole here. So eventually just a lot of conversations, a lot of um, just taking her along for the ride, a lot of pushing myself to show her what I was capable of. Um, she created a position for me uh, within that department. 
you know, I, I love the, the you know, advice of push yourself, you know, to showcase the, you know, prove that this is what it is. And like many of us, those first jobs are a bit of a sacrifice. A lot of times, very low pay, no health insurance, long hours. So what's your advice to listeners on being willing to take a risk to get what they want long-term? It's gotta be what it's, it's gotta be for you. So I, so when I was hired at the Red Sox, the part-time job, there was 25 of us that were hired at the same time. And if I brag at myself for a minute out of 4,000 people, which is crazy to think about, right? So 25 of us were hired and it was a part-time job. And some of us were working like part-time, but full-time hours, if you will. So we're hourly, right? And so there were some people who were like, no, 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 no. You are not going to pay me this much and take my knowledge. And, and they were like, I'm out and they left. And so either they left or they became, they really stuck to the part-time thing. Um, and that wasn't for them, that sort of hustle culture, which we did not call it then, um, wasn't for them. This no health insurance (laughs) was not for them. They were like, no, it was just like, that wasn't for them. And for me, I was just solely focused on that sports has been a part of my life and forever, you know, I started playing soccer when I was three. So I'm going to, like, I want to be here. I, I love it here. I love the people that I came up with those 25 people that I was hired with. Like one of them ended up officiating my wedding. Like those, like, I love those people so much. So I wanted to be there all the time. So for me, it was okay. So I guess to answer your question, it's, it's, you got to figure out what's important to you. I had a client who told me, I want to work in sports. I want my starting salary just out of college. I want my starting salary to be $70,000. And we talked about (laughs) what she wanted to do. And it was, it was technical and I won't share too much, but it was technical. It was what she wanted to do. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to double check just in case things have changed, but I'm pretty sure that is you're get about half of that. As you say, even though you're, yeah. Like, even though you're pretty specialized and um, I was right, you know, I double checked in with a couple of people and she went a different direction Um, and she did get that starting salary at 70,000, not in sports. Just not in sports. Right. So it's important to know what you want and what you want to do and what your boundaries are and what you're willing to sacrifice. And, and I can't say this enough, what you want, not what everybody else wants. What do you want and what's important to you? You know, and, and for Jahan, you know, that part-time role on the front line as an ambassador ends up turning in that full-time opportunity. You become the manager of fan services and entertainment. And while there, you're part of the team that won not one, but two world series championships and you're in charge of designing and executing the parade. So how was that experience for you? Yeah, it was, that was really, I mean, that was fun. I, and now let me be clear. My, I worked under, um, uh, Sarah McKenna, who's now like an SVP at the Red Sox or EVP. I always forget which one's higher. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> she's at the top and she, uh, so I worked under her. And so I got to, like, she's going to these meetings at the mayor's office and doing all the stuff. And I got to be her number, like, you know, her number one to help yeah. her execute all of this stuff on the ground. And that to me, I, I mean, that I, I don't remember sleeping, um, you know, and, and you're in your twenties. So you're, you know, working really hard, sell, you just won the world series. So you're celebrating, you know what I mean? Like constantly. And, um, you know, by 2007, I had moved up in the organization and was running the ambassador program for Sarah and managing it. So it was just an unbelievable experience. I, one that like, I remember our president was like, 
remember this moment, enjoy every moment because you're not here all the time. And boy, was he right. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my only two World Series rings that I have received to date. (laughs) Like, but it was an amazing experience. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, you know, I always ask my guests are fortunate enough to win. Do you ever wear the rings? Oh, yes. I, so my, so when we, they, you know, gifted us those rings, they said, we want you to wear them. Like, so I would wear it for a year after. And then when there was a new world series champion, I just felt like it was time to take it off. Plus like, no, like you're in your twenties. Like, do you really want, like, I don't know, like you're, you're going out, you're going to the bar. Like I had a rule, like if I had one drink in my system, the ring could not come off my finger. Like it was just, yeah. So I almost like, was like after a year, I was like, all right, it's kind of, I finally it's over. Yeah. Walking around (laughs) with this thing, taking the, you know, the tea to work and it was a little nerve wracking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine. Well, yes. you know, post post the Red Sox, you make the move out west to the LA Dodgers as the director of fan hospitality, and then ultimately to the Chicago Cubs as the director of fan experience. And you end up staying with the Cubs for over five years and really helped transform the entire customer experience for the organization. And so what were some key learnings that listeners should take away about that overall street to seat experience? Ooh, gosh. You know, that was I, I loved working on that experience because I was hired to create the ambassador program. So uh, they wanted to bring that in. You know, that was what, you know, Tom Ricketts, the owner, wanted. And so I was like, well, that's easy. You should really hire me (laughs) because I know exactly what to do. And um, I think one of the lessons I would say is alignment across the top and not just taking it for, you know, just making sure you have that alignment. I think that's one of the road, you know, one of the bumps in the road that I did not anticipate because you got there and everyone's happy to see you happy that you're there. But looking back, I was like, Oh, were you just happy? Cause you had to be happy because the owner right. really wanted me. Like, yeah. is that what happened? Is that why that person didn't really care for, Oh, that's starting to all now make sense. Makes right? sense. So, yeah. So I'm thinking there's alignment across the board for this ambassador program. And, you know, it went off without a hitch, but then there was just little things that like along the way where I'm like, if there, if, if I had to do this over, I would have gotten all the key stakeholders in a room and we yep. would have talked about this program. Um, I wouldn't have taken it for, you know, I wouldn't have thought that, oh, everyone's on board. We're ready to go because that's what I was hearing. But I think that is a key thing is alignment across the board and having those conversations that are collaborative in nature when you're building a program and you can fully bake something, but not launch it. And you can run it by the key stakeholders, because I guarantee you, you're going, you might get some resistance, but you're from people who aren't ready to move into something new that always happens. And I love coaching my clients on how to deal with that. Um, But yeah, that's a hard one to deal with, but you also get a lot of great ideas from exist, you know, people who have been there for a long time, they want to share their ideas. They're going to tell you where you might get stuck and help you, but you have to open that door to collaboration. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I learned um, when I started there. Absolutely. Well, you go on to become a senior consultant at Deloitte for a year and a half before you start your own company. And what did you enjoy most about consulting with that new sports sponsorship vertical you were helping create? So I'm very honest about my Deloitte experience. It was not for me. (laughs) So I tell people all the time, like one of the biggest things I learned was, oh, this structure 
that I thought I wanted, I do. I, I'm, I don't like, I, it's yep. not for me. It's a great, like I tell people all the time, if you want to work in consulting, go to Deloitte. Like I am honored that I got a job there. I still am like, do they really mean to give me a job? Like the job interview was, it was the hardest job interview I've ever had other than trying to become an ambassador, but like it for the Red Sox, but it was, it was a difficult job. I was honored to be a part of it. But what I learned very quickly was for me, their sports vertical was not fully grown yet. So you had to take other projects that weren't sports related um, and sometimes weren't customer experience related. Like I was working on procurement once and I'm like, you, you don't want me to help you with this. Like, no, like, I'm good. I, I'm the wrong person. And I, it just validated that thing that I always knew, which was sports is it for me um, or a bigger brand. Like I have connection is it for me really? Yep. Like I have to feel connected and not having a seat at the table when I always did with like, you know, our clients, that was really hard for me. And so I, I just made the decision to leave, um, pretty, pretty quickly. I, yep. I didn't care. People were always like, what about the gap on your resume? Oh, for crying out. What about the gap in like, you're literally in your heart. Like you were just yeah. like, you're unhappy. There's the price of happiness. Go. Yeah. And it was hard because people around the, it was great people that I worked with really smart. I mean, everyone's so intimidatingly smart. And so it was, it was great to be around, but it wasn't for me. So I made that decision. I said to myself, I can get a client. If I get my own client, I can leave. So I was trying to be financially responsible and people can't see me. I'm kind of like rolling my eyes, but I knew (laughs) I had to be like, I just wanted to go, but I had to be an adult. And I told myself, get your first client and you can go. go. And that's what I did. And I got to my first client. My first project was working on Super Bowl and Pro Bowl, which is fantastic. That's awesome. John, what a great career you've had. And as you think back, what's been your best memory? Well, shoot, that's so hard. I, you know what? I, I always go back to the Red Sox. I always call them like my first love, um, like first love in baseball period before I started working there. And then just yeah. in general, I just, I never knew like what that, like what it could be. Like it was all new to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I right. didn't, there's no social media out there. So I, yeah. I don't know. You have what no happens. idea what to expect. And Yes. And I kind of loved it and hated it. Right. Like, yep. <laughs> but loved it and hated that part of it. But like, I, I had so much fun and I made, I made life, like lifelong friends who I am still like close with today, like that, you know, have like impacted, have impacted my life and who I am. And, um, you know, like my one friend, I was the one who officiated my wedding. Sometimes I swear she knows me better than I do, which is <laughs> annoying at times, but like, I'm just so grateful for that experience. I even have my locker. Like when I was ambassador, we had lockers and they, when I left, they took my locker and framed it. (laughs) And I still have that up in my office today. So I would say that's, those are my best memories. Anything with Red Sox, the World Series wins, the parades, like just, I can remember my eyes just filling up with like um, tears, like just, rounding the corner and just seeing all those Fenway, you know, all those, those fanatics. And it was a, it was an incredible experience. Well, this has been great. And to close it out, I put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to be on it anyway. Uh, right, if, if you were to sail around the world, what would the name of your boat be? 
I mean, first of all, help me because I do not want to be on a sailboat that goes around the world. But <laughs> if I had to have a name, um, I have commitment issues. So I got to give you two. Um, I would say either my turn or I think the better one would be because of them. I like and that it. would be, yeah, that would be, that would be it because of them. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play yourself? Um, Angela Bassett, because she's always been a favorite of mine. And I swear that woman does not age. She looks incredible. And not to make it all about vanity, but I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to anyway. If you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? <sighs> okay. I told you I have commitment issues. So like, I just, you know, I'm going to invite two people because I can't help myself. And it would be <laughs> Oprah Winfrey and Brene Brown. And that would be the best dinner in the world. That would be an interesting. I, I could be a server at that table. That'd be an interesting yeah. conversation. Yes. Yes. And we probably, they're so kind and I, we'd probably ask you to pull up a seat. And, and, and <laughs> hang out awesome. with us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> be a fun hangout. Well, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? To be in my shoes one day. Um, I would say for, for me, so this is about my shoes. So specifically, I would say just to feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, I would say, you know, like find your voice, gosh, and use it. We need you. Like we literally need you. Um, don't let all the frustration in the, the, I hope I can curse on this podcast, the shit that you go through at work, stop you, um, from being you because we need you. And then, um, I think the third thing would just be, uh, have the courage and this is easier said than done because I didn't do it at first, but have the courage to show up authentically as you and have that mentor to help you along the way if it gets dicey, but show up authentically as you, because you'll be, you'll be better for it. And so will your organization. I love it. You know, feeling the fear, you know, finding your voice, you know, to your point, like we need people, we need other innovative ideas and people willing to evolve and having the courage to be authentic. Couldn't agree more. And Jahan, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Certainly appreciate your time and expertise and everything you do to give back to this industry. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was fantastic. And I swear you have like a radio voice. It's very like <laughs> calming, like, but I feel like I'm on like this big interview. So it was really fun. Thank you. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.